I teach you on today is called uh, A Prelude to Sonship, Part 1. And uh, this has six points to it. I'm going to break them up into two days, into two different messages. Um, like I said, as we go on, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is going to change you because the thing about sonship, when you teach it, and the thing about, especially from when we teach here at Divine Generation Church, it, we teach in a way where you can't look at anyone else. You just have to look at yourself. And the five stages of sonship, it deals with your soul. It doesn't deal with how you walk, how you talk. That's, it doesn't deal with re reformation. It doesn't deal with how you lift your hands. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't deal with those things. It deals with the development of your soul. At the spirit level, you are 100% in Christ. As a matter of fact, the Father only has one son. That's why we are in him. Have you ever thought about why there's no last names in the Bible? Hmm. But then when you get to Jesus, it's Jesus Christ. See, it don't matter who you were before you got saved. Heaven just sees Christ. When heaven sees Christ, it sees Christ. It doesn't see Christ. When Satan sees Christ, he sees Christ. He doesn't see Christ. When Satan sees you, he sees Christ. That's why he don't like you. He doesn't like you because when he see you, he see Christ. He don't see Jesus. He see the son of God that was in heaven. He don't see the one that took on the body. That's why the Bible says flesh and blood would not inherit the kingdom of God. So this is the prelude to sonship. All right. And um, the entire Bible is about fatherhood and sonship. All right, that is the foundation of the Bible. Like I told you, if you, if you leave from those premises, you will be lost. We talked about the foundations. You have the foundation that was before the beginning of the world. That is fatherhood. Then you have the foundation that we build on, which is sonship. We're trying to become like Christ. Christ is already like the father. Jesus said that he wanted us to be one with him as he was one with the Father. He let, he's letting you know what? His assignment. And so, if you look at society today, the same problem we have in society is the one we have in the church. I was listening to, what is the girl name? Candace Owens. And she was talking about how 74% of black households are without a father. That is a lot. That's a lot. But how many churches are without the Father? 99%? So we've removed the Father from the church and we've just relegated to pastorialship. The whole purpose of being a spiritual father is to get you to hear the Father. If I don't get you to hear the Father, I can't be a spiritual father. 
It's not to have you come in here and serve me. It's not for you to have you come in here and, and refer to me as, some, as being something. No, it's my job and my duty to get you to hear the Father. Once you hear the Father, now you join this team and we get them to hear the Father. All right? And so, like I said, we've relegated this thing to just pastorialship. We've relegated to just hand clapping. Let me say something. Divine Generations is a university. It's a university. First and foremost. We do gifts of the Spirit. Yeah, we do gifts of the Spirit. We pray in tongues. We going to do uh, inner healing and deliverance. All of those things we want to do. But first and foremost, we are a university. You come here to learn. If you think, if you come in here if you think you're coming here to see a, a flesh on parade, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. We can get excited. Ain't nothing wrong with getting excited. Motion, we can dance, we can run around. But if, if that's your idea of a good service, then you're totally different from Jesus. Jesus rocked the whole planet with no music. It wasn't necessary. He rocked the whole planet with no communion. How many of y'all dealing with your relationships, the struggles in your life, when you're doing all that stuff, you're thinking about that you had that wine and bread this Sunday. You're not thinking about that. We're going to do baptism. We're going to do communion. Matter of fact, we're going to do baptism. With the whole COVID thing, people are, you know, scared. But at the same time, baptism is symbolism. All right? It doesn't change your life. The Bible says it's not, it doesn't cleanse the flesh. It's just the answer to a good conscience. So the baptism is just letting the, us know what has happened in the spirit realm. Communion is symbolism. We might do communion once every three months. It's not necessary for your growth. And I'm not going to tie myself down to worrying about things that they're not going to build you. I'm just not. That's been my battle these last couple of days is I can't let this church do everything, go south and do what everybody else is doing. We're different. And so what we need to do is we have to have a focus on growing. This is going to be, this church is a university. All right. If I could put divine generations university instead of church, I would, but they won't let you do it for tax purposes. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. That is going to be our mantra. That's going to be our model. I would rather y'all, I don't care how cute y'all look, I would rather y'all come in here with a book bag, some pen, some paper, ready to learn. Because when you get out there, it ain't going to matter how cute you are. It ain't going to matter how well your shoes look, how your hair look. When you in your life situation, you won't even come outside. <laughs> this is a university. Come to learn. All right? We come to learn. We come to grow so we can become. That has to be your focus. What are you trying to become? I don't want you to leave here. Oh, it was a good service. No, what did you learn? I'm giving you stuff for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What did you learn? And so we're going to talk about a prelude to sonship on today. 
And I have six points I want to bring out. I'm going to bring out three today and three next Sunday. The first one is going to be uh, us, us being born again. All right. Then the second point is going to be um, that we hear that we are children. All right. So we're born again, then we hear that we are children. Then the next thing we do is we accept that we are children. Because when you hear it, you don't automatically accept that. It's not like you heard that you was God's child, and then all of a sudden it's sunk into your soul into the place where you became a child in every area of your life and how you thought. We, and I know this is strange, but I got to get out your head that when you sin, he's no longer with you. I got to get it out your head. Because if that was the case, he would have never called you. So after we accept that, he, that we are his children, now we have to accept that we have a father. After we have accepted that we have a father, we have to see ourselves in the scriptures. See, until you accept all that stuff and understand that stuff, you don't even read the Bible right. That's why I say when I go through this thing about the five stages of sonship, you're going to see that even it's a, you have Nepios, you have Nepios is an infant, you have Pation, which is a child, young child, you have Technon, which is a teenager, you have Nanisco, which is a young man, and then you have Weos, which is a fully mature child of God. And when you see it in scripture, you have to look at the Greek word because everything in the Bible is, is written in levels. It's certain things you won't understand until you get to Weos level. It's certain things as a nepios you just don't understand, and we have to treat you a different way. It's certain things that we have to, we expect you to do that right now. As a, as a technon, a teenager, you know how teenagers are. You get to that place, you're growing up, all of a sudden you want to what? Emancipate yourself. From the people who have been, it happens. But if you don't know it in ministry, what happens is I call you rebellious. I call you prideful. Why? Because I don't know that you're growing. And when you, where there is no growth, the only thing you have, the only measurements you have is either you're prideful or you're humble. What about ignorant? What about immature? What about carnal? What about fleshly? The Bible says in all of your getting, get an understanding. The, the world says... I have friends that say, knowledge is power. No, it's not. Knowledge is information. Until you understand the information and practice it, you have no power. And so we've took that same mindset in which we come and just take information in. And we think we know something. No, the word has to become flesh and dwell amongst the world so that we can see the glory of the Father. So that's how we're teaching and so after we understand and see ourselves in life, in, in the scriptures, now we have to understand and participate in sanctification. So we go from being born again to walking in sanctification. And sanctification is simply going to be you going through those five stages. In every stage, you're going to deal with you. Okay, just as a nepios, you're going to deal with jealousy. It's going to happen. You're going to deal with envy. You're going to deal with strife. You're going to see somebody get blessed and you're not going to like it. Nothing wrong with you. It's just where you are. As you mature, you're going to rejoice with those that rejoice, and you're going to mourn with those that mourn. But it's a difference. And if it's, if it's no difference, we won't know we're growing. So our first scripture 
is coming from John chapter 3, verses 1 and 3. And so our first point we're going to talk about is born again. And it reads, there was a man from, Fair, from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could, could perform these signs you do unless God were with them. Now, what's funny about this is Nicodemus is, like I said, a ruler of the Jews, and he comes to Jesus at night. He don't want to be seen. <laughs> he don't want nobody to know that this brother converted me with his teaching. But he goes on to say, it said he came to him at night, and he said, Rabbi, we know. So the ruler of the Jews said, me and my whole clan, we know. We know that you are a teacher that come from God. The signs prove it. Verse 3, Jesus replies to him, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, he didn't ask Jesus about the kingdom of God. He didn't ask Jesus, he didn't ask Jesus about being born again. He just said, I know you're a teacher. I know you come from God because there's no way that you can do the things that you do and Jesus says, truly, I say to you. Now, anytime Jesus says truly, he is revealing to you heaven's perspective. But Jesus knew his assignment. His assignment was what? To get people into the kingdom. So he's coming and letting them know, I see the signs. I see the wonders. I see the miracles. But he's saying, you, but you don't really see. Because until you are born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. Right now, you see me as a teacher doing it. But you don't need to see me. You need to see the kingdom. And so this is his assignment. His assignment is to get us born again. Now, what does born again mean? I was born naturally. Now I must be born spiritually. Born again. All right? Now, this is Jesus' assignment. Now, the born again is a new life. It's just like, it's just like getting married. Okay, it don't matter how many times you get married, you can never take the first marriage over into the second marriage and say, let's say you've been married for 10 years, you get a divorce, and then you get remarried. You can never start this marriage and say, I've been married for 11 years. <laughs> it's a new life. Because now in your marriage, you are becoming one with somebody else. And that's what this looks like. This is about us becoming one with the Father. And so we're going to walk through the five stages of sonship, all right? And the same rules are going to apply for the people who have been saved and the people who have been religious. You got to start at Nepios. You got to start in Nepios. If you have not walked through this, start in Nepios. Don't do it to yourself. When I start teaching this, don't try to put yourself, I'm a Nanisco. Nope. Start. <laughs> start in Nepios. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in being a child of God. Now, if you stay in Nepios for 10 years, it's a problem. 
That's what we start calling spiritual retardation. <laughs> so Jesus knew that we needed to see the kingdom. We needed to see a different world. Like I told you, once you are born again, now you are no longer living from earth. Earth's perspectives does not matter. How people think about you on earth does not matter whether you're famous or you're bummed. <laughs> whether you hate it or loved, it does not matter. Now you need to see the kingdom of God because when we sin now, as a child of God, we sin against heaven. But we don't just sin against heaven, we sin in the sight of the world in which we're supposed to be a light to. So we're losing sin to be light so that people can come to the Father. All right, our next point is we hear that we are children and that we have a father. Now, like I said, the first time you hear it, you won't get it. All right, it is going to take time to beat this into your mind. It's going to have to be, I'm going to have to persistently teach this over and over and over again. I'm going to intentionally be redundant with this stuff. I'm going to intentionally talk about the father and the reason why is because faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And, <laughs> and we've been in church so long that our faith has brought us to be church members. So truth be told, a lot of times we're not trying to get Satan out of people. We're trying to get religion out of people. Can we cast that out? <laughs> and so faith comes by hearing. So you were taught you were a servant before you was a child. You were taught you were a sinner. You were told you were prideful. Watch this. John 1 and 12 and 13. It says, but to all who did receive him, he gave the right to be children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of flesh or of the will of man, but of the will of God. That means something. Because you have the same DNA that Jesus had in him while he was on earth. That's why the Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. It is the DNA of God. You're not born. This, is, this birth is not of man. It has nothing to do with me. You believe them. In the moment you believe, your DNA and the fathers became one. Y'all believe that? This is how you know. Like I told you, the first miracle, the church is, is hell-bent on miracles. Okay. And because of that, we don't see the miracle within ourselves. You don't see the fact that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and now you have a problem with sin. Prior to you accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you didn't have a problem with sin, and you didn't have a problem slapping nobody, telling nobody off, cussing nobody off. You didn't have no problem. You didn't have that issue. It didn't bother you. You used to brag about it. Yeah, I gave them. I told them off. I gave them a piece of my mind. I put them in. Ch I checked them. 
My boss came talking crazy to me, and I told him, doop, 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 doop. You had no problem with that. That was a bragging point. Now you do something like that, you feel like, ooh, Father, shouldn't have said that. Everybody around you don't know, but inside you like, ah. That's the proof of the miracle. If that doesn't exist, the DNA ain't there. It's not there. But the fact that that's happening, you know the DNA is there. <laughs> Romans 8 and 14. No, 8 and 16. It says, the Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. It says, the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Testifies. Okay? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of prophecy. It's just revealing what the Father wants to say to us. It's, an, it's the spirit of ambassadorship. The Holy Spirit comes from heaven, and it only can say what heaven says. So it, when it's testifying, when it says it's testifying that you are a child of God, it's not just telling you that you are a child of God, it's correcting your behavior. But it's correcting your behavior according to heaven. Because we got to get out of what earth say. The church is so scared to do stuff because of what earth says. My thing is, if heaven ain't got nothing to say about it, I don't care what the world say. That's why I told the artists here, do some gospel music, but do your own personal music too. I don't care what the church say. We made up the word secular. Most of the church gospel songs are secular. Anybody trying to go know yonder? <laughs> That's not biblical. We're not waiting. To get, Jesus ain't on the main line. He's sitting next to the Father, and you're seated with him. How are you, how are you on the main line? And if you tell him what you don't want, he ain't going to give it to you because he can't. It's your faith. That's secular. That's worldly. That song was written by a Pharisee. Ah. Pray for me, y'all. But we're going we gonna to get it right. But I told, I told the artist here, as long as it's not against the kingdom, it's good. Tell, tell your story. Sing about love. Okay? We need that. We need that period because the people who are doing it, their spirits are corrupted. I remember watching a video of an artist that said that they would, that they would pr literally pray to Satan over their music and that particular songs would take the virginity of, of women. And this guy said he had something like 400 women come to him and tell him, I lost my virginity to this song. We need Christians singing love songs. We need children of God singing love songs. And I'm going to put it right on the website. And I dare you say something to me. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, also heirs. Now that, that matters, okay? Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Now I'm going to tell you why this matters. Abraham came, I mean, God came to Abraham and he told him, 
I am going to bless you. He said, brother, I'm going to paraphrase this, all right? We're going to do it 2020, black man talking, all right? He came to him and said, I'm going to bless you. He said, when you look at the sand, that's how many, see, uh, that's how many uh, uh, descendants you're going to have. When you look at the stars, that's how many descendants you're going to have. Abraham turned and said to God, I get it. You want to bless me. But what good is these blessings if I have no heir? What good is the blessings if I have no heir? I have no one to leave it to. He says right now, Eleazar of Damascus is my only heir. He's not a part of my family. He's my servant. So if I, if I die with all these blessings, he's going to take them. And they're going to belong to him. That's how important inheritance is. That's why the Bible says that you are not born of man, of the will of flesh, but of God. So when it says you are an heir of God, you can only be an heir if you have the same bloodline. <laughs> you can only be an heir if you have the same DNA. He wouldn't even let Ishmael get it. Ishmael couldn't even get it. It had to come the way in which he wanted it. So when it says you are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, what is that telling you? Same DNA as God himself. Same DNA as Jesus. That's why we're not heirs of Jesus. We don't have Jesus' DNA. We have the Father's. We got the same thing he got. No more, no less. And so that's why the Bible talks about that the Holy Spirit testifies to us because it can only say what heaven says. And the, and the Bible says that the angels, watch this, that the Holy Spirit is a down payment of our inheritance. <laughs> then the Bible tells us that the, air, that the angels are ministering spirits sent to minister those, to those who are heirs of salvation. I gave this to you because you belong to me. Nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> you ain't got to sit there in prayer and beg God to listen to you. You got to start talking like a child of God. You got to come. You got to come correct. Time out for that. I told you, listen, just lifting your hand. God, you so great and you miserable. <laughs> he like, I know I'm great. I'm trying to get you there. <laughs> I know I'm great. I'm all-knowing, all-seeing, all-wise. I know everything. That's why I told you last week, stop all that. Somebody tell you do something nice. Give God, give God all glory. Really? Why you got to give it to him? He just gave it to you. He wants you to shine. Everybody know God. The Bible is the number one selling book in the planet. Everybody know God. Exist, they don't know him, though. <laughs> Romans 8 and 14. For all those led by God's spirit are God's sons. That speaks for itself, don't it? Now, that word sons is we us. So what he's saying is, 
if when you are led by the spirit, you show that you are his legal child. Y'all good over here? Y'all need some more cover? Can somebody get them some blankets? (laughs) So for all those who are led by God's spirit, these are God's sons. So us as his children, we want to be led. Now, I went too fast. Um, The third point. Now is where we accept that we are his children. Okay? It's where we accept that we are his children. He said it. Now we have to believe that we are his children. All right? Now, this is our faith. If you don't have faith, y'all hear me? I want you to hear me loud and clear. I know I'm loud, but I need you to hear me. Okay? I don't need you to listen. I need you to hear me. If your faith is not in God as a father, you have no faith. There's no other faith you can have. Other than him being your father. There is not another relationship other than that. If you don't have faith that he's your father, you don't have faith. If you don't believe that you are God's child, your faith is false. And so now that you believe and you have accepted the fact that you are a child, now you should have a desire to want to be led. Because once you find out that I'm a child, now the next thing you need to do is what? Understand, I need to grow up. Now, if if the Bible would have told you that you were an adult, see, we want to be born like Adam. But that doesn't happen. Adam was born holy and became a sinner. We were born sinners, now we have to become holy. So you have to seek to be led as a confirmation that you are a son. The Bible says that he chastens or chastised those that are his children. But he said if you would not allow him to chastise you and raise you, then you become an illegitimate child. So you have to seek to be led, which means most of your language is going to be like this. Father, I don't know. Help. I don't know what to do. I can't see. I don't understand. See, in religion, it's a contest. And no one wants to admit they don't know. Knowing scripture is different from knowing the Father. You have to keep that mindset. You have to keep a mindset that seeks help at all times. This is why he told you to seek the kingdom. What is the kingdom? His world. Seek to understand his world. Then he says, seek to understand righteousness. Now, we talk righteousness has three dimensions to it. The first dimension of righteousness is that he made you right. So when you're seeking righteousness, you're not seeking to be right in his eyes. He made you right. When you accepted Jesus Christ as as your Lord and Savior, you became his child, and, and as his child, you are right in his eyes. So when he sees you, he doesn't see a sinner. You got to get it out your head. When you make a mistake, he doesn't see the mistake. He doesn't see the sin. That's not what he's looking at. 
He's looking at a child that needs to grow up. Like I told you, sin in the father's eyes is I need to spend more time with him. I don't know why. Y'all laughing? This is my son over here. Him making mistakes does not mean I don't want, he got to move out. It, it doesn't mean that. <laughs> but that's how we take it as Christians. Somebody told me one day, they said they will make one mistake and be down for six months. One, just one singing and it take you six months to enter back into prayer. Why? Because the way the Bible has been presented. I ain't going to even say the gospel because that's not good news. It's not good news that I make a mistake and he separates himself from me. Better yet, if he can do it, then I should be able to. I should be able to. They break a rule, kick them out. I know you're 14, but you know what? I care about my, I care about my law more than I care about him. That's how it's been taught to us. And so we have been so disciplined. Just try to live this disciplined Christian life. But then as soon as you close the door, flesh come off. <laughs> and you can't help it. But you don't know you're growing up. <laughs> so you think the sin is you. All right. So he tells us, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be added to us. All right? Now, we have to understand this, that we start off as infants and orphans. Okay? We start off as infants and orphans. The infant part is, the, is, our, is our, our spiritual maturity. The orphan part is our soul issues. So you accepted Jesus Christ, you a newborn baby in heaven. On earth, you might be 98. But to heaven, you an infant. You just came out the womb. So we're dealing with the infant and we're dealing with the orphan. The things that happened to you while you were in the world. The stuff they said to you. How you grew up in your household. The father is looking at all of us like, all oh, y'all got PTSD. All <laughs> oh, y'all. I can tell you I love you, and you won't accept it based on what happened in the past. The last person that told me that did this, 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 and that. That's an orphan. His, it's totally different. I, that's not what I said. How many of y'all, y'all not going to admit to this, but I'm going to ask anyway. How many of y'all, when somebody say something to y'all, you don't hear what they're saying, you perceive what you think? Okay, all right, all right. The spirit is in this place. <laughs> but we have to get away from that. We have to get away from having this orphan mindset to the point we can't even build relationships. Because you from Ohio, I don't, I, you're probably not from Ohio. I'm just saying that. You from where? New York. New York. You from, you from Ohio? Did you say O-H-T-N? 
I have never heard that, but it makes sense. I have never heard that. <laughs> she said, OH10. She just spelled Ohio using letters and numbers. <laughs> but that's the thing, okay? You're from Ohio, I'm from Chicago, all right? I say something, having grew up in Chicago, and you perceive it as how you grew up in Ohio. That's why we have to become one community with one book, with one father. Because we need to be able to understand each other. Everybody needs to, don't worry about Ohio. We're not going to worry about New York. We're going to worry about Chicago. We all from heaven. That's the mindset we have to take. Because that's our new home. That's why the Bible tell us, tells us that we are citizens of heaven. We are no longer to take a mindset that we are from the planet Earth. This is what eternal life looks like. It starts when you are born again. You are in eternal life right now. But watch this. It's eternal life. It ain't eternal heaven. So you are not trying to live to get to heaven. You are in the relationship. It's a life. You can't do life without relationships. Verse 15 says, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, orphan. You didn't receive that. When you got saved, I, I destroyed the spirit of fear inside of you. Now you have what? The spirit of Christ. You have my DNA. You are one with me. You are to fear nothing. So if you are fearing anything, it's not for me. If you hear anything in your, in your head telling you, you can't do it and he told you to do it, it's not him. <laughs> you have to learn to hear his voice. That's why I said you have to hear that you are a child, then you have to accept it. You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption. I came and got you out the orphanage with plans to give you the best of lives. I didn't come to get you out the orphanage to abuse you. When Jesus said, I would not leave you orphans, he was not saying, I'm going to come remove you from the orphanage and then you on your own. He didn't say, I would not leave you in the orphanage. He said, I would not leave you orphans. I am going to remove the orphan from your soul from your mind, from your heart. That is my responsibility. If I adopt a child, it's my responsibility to move, remove the orphan. It's not the child's responsibility. That's why I tell you, you just have to show up. As I teach, you're going to get delivered. Like Dr. Caroline Leaf said, the human mind is the most powerful thing in this planet. When the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you think you are a child, <laughs> you have received the spirit of adoption by whom, watch this, we can cry out, Abba Father. Now, this is a importune prayer, which means this is not one of them things where you, Abba, no. Help! I don't know. I'm lost. I need you. 
You can cry, Abba, Father. You can cry. Now, you can cry, Abba, Father. Now, you've been crying. <laughs> you've been crying, but it ain't been the Abba. See, he's saying cry in the relationship. Before the Father did anything, watch this. God is sovereign. Is he sovereign? What does sovereign mean? He could do what he want to do, when he want to do it, how he want to do it. He decided to become a father. He destroyed his own sovereignty. <laughs> he destroyed his own sovereignty to commune with you, to raise you. Just like me and my wife, we destroyed our sovereignty. I destroyed my sovereignty, my ability to do what I want to as a man. I destroyed it as soon as I married her, married my wife. Destroyed it. As soon as we had kids, we destroyed our sovereignty. If we had them kids, we'd probably be on vacation right now. Probably won't be starting no church. <laughs> but that was destroyed. We gave that up. That's why I'm trying to tell you, he is not going to ask me to be a great father to him. Peter comes to Jesus and says, if my brother sinned against me, how many times should I forgive him? In a day. Now, he ain't saying a lifetime. This is a day. Now, why is he having this conversation? Okay, because he's showing us heaven. He said seven times 77 in a day. That's almost 500 times. So, Chris, if you sin against me 500 times in a day, I have to forgive you. That's earth standards. Now, I ain't giving you no license to sin. It's about getting your destiny. Now, you want to go around. But if I have to forgive you 500 times, how many times does he forgive me? <laughs> if he tells me to be patient with you all, how is his patience? The all-seeing, all-knowing. We're not looking at this thing the right way. Why would he tell you to have joy? Jesus said, I want you to be one with the Father so that you can have my joy. You don't even know how that look. You have no idea how that looks. We're talking about no flesh, just one with the Father. <laughs> you have no idea how bold he was. <laughs> You have to cry, Abba. That's why I told you, he wants to hear everything you have to say. You think it's too, no, everything you have to say. He needs to align your mind with heaven. Amen. But first, you have to see yourself as a child. 
You have to, okay? You have to see yourself as a child. How many of y'all knew you was a baby when you was a baby? Y'all, y'all get where I'm going, right? You only know you was a baby because you grew up. And looking back, you can see the process of how it works. Or, watch this, somebody took a picture. If someone don't take a picture, you never know how you look as a baby. You never know. That's all Paul's teachings are. He's taking pictures of the church. I tried to come get y'all meat, <laughs> but you wasn't ready for that. So I had to give you milk. Snapshot. <laughs> so with that being said, I'll be the only one taking pictures. Me and Dr. Hardy and the staff will be the only one taking pictures. You have to take pictures of one another. You didn't know you was a child. <laughs> to somebody, oh, you're so cute. But he was bad. <laughs> I mean, they said that about me. <laughs> you was bad. I started getting ready to start this church. I told my cousin. She said, I know Jesus is coming back. <laughs> what did that mean? But see, watch this. I don't even know what she's talking about. Why? Because I didn't see myself being bad. You, I ain't that bad. You ain't looking at you. <laughs> Nobody ever says I ain't that good. Just I ain't that bad. <laughs> so now, in order for every, every child has to say this one thing. When I grow up. What you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> when I grow up, I want to, I used to say this all the time. When I grow up, I want to be a mathematician. I have no idea what that is today. <laughs> That's your focus. That is the prerequisite to vision. You hear me? That is the prerequisite to vision. When I grow up. If you don't have it in your mind that you need to grow up, you can't have a vision. Because the vision is only available for you as you mature. It's not available to you as an infant. That's why Paul came to them, and, and you're going to see when we do the five stages, Paul came to him and said, look, as long as you are an infant, although you own everything, it's as though you are a slave. So I put you under tutors and governor until the appointed time of the father. So I have this inheritance for you, but you can't get it till you grow up. And that's why we're here. We're here to grow up. We ain't here to clap our hands, stump our feet, sing songs. I care less about music. Jesus didn't have none. Didn't even say nothing about it. Didn't say nothing even about clapping hands. We don't have music because we have too much talent in here. But you need to grow. We need to grow. So, this is the mindset you're going to have to have. I need to mature. 
This needs to be our constant mindset. I will never stop growing. I will never arrive, but I will manifest the things that will show that I am growing. That needs to be your mindset. And how often you say that will be how often you grow. The moment you lose that mindset, you stop growing. It's going to happen. It is going to happen. You're going to grow, you're going to grow, and then all of a sudden, I'm going to be your enemy. And I understand why I'm your enemy. It's because you've hit that place in life where you want your voice to be heard. Now you want your ministry. And I understand. That's why I've already got something in place for you. <laughs> it happened to me. I'm sitting there like, I'm hearing people preach. I'm like, man, what I got in here is way better than what you're talking about. But I was too mature. I, had, I handled it wrong. I was immature. But watch this. Nobody told me. So I wasn't being prideful. I was growing up, but nobody could grow me up. So I was considered an enigma for saying what the Father wanted me to say. I was considered an enigma for not going with the flow of religion. God called me to go against the grain. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. My whole life been totally against the grain. I see people doing something, uh, I'm going to do it this way. <laughs> Have you met my daughter, Alana? You say, clap. oh my God. She is just like me so much, it makes me mad. Everybody going here, Alana, like, I'm good. I'm going this way. No, Alana, just come on, no. But I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. I, I get her, but I have to hoin that in the right direction. So, imagine this. But this is where we're trying to go, all right? Because, like I said, I love the gifts of the Spirit, talents, abilities. I love all that. But you're no good if you don't grow up with that first. All right? If we don't grow up before we operate in the gifts of the Spirit, we become the Corinthian church. We become the Corinthian church. Paul said... Y'all arguing about what leader y'all want to support. That's the proof that you are Nepios. I like, I like Dr. Hardy. I like McKinley. I like Otha. I like Laurent. No, support the body. <laughs> you ain't got to, you can love me and love somebody else. <laughs> you can like what I do. I like what I do and I like what some other people do. Paul said, it's a man, it's a man amongst y'all. Y'all gifted, but it's a man amongst y'all in which the son is sleeping with the father's wife. But they gifted. Not going to happen on my watch. So imagine this. We have confidence in the relationship with the father. This is where we're going. Confidence in the relationship with the father. Why? Because like I told you, this is faith. Confidence in that relationship is your faith. 
we pass believing if the Bible right. That's why I tell people, you can take all the books out the Bible and leave one. It don't change the story. We still can use that one book to become children. <laughs> I don't care how many books they took out the Bible. It don't change what he wanted to do, but they don't know what he wanted to do. So they think the books being missed out the Bible really means something. It means absolutely nothing. He still wants his children. And even when you read the other books, they still go right along the line with what he's trying to do. <laughs> but they don't know the purpose. That's why I say it, the Bible has been miscommunicated. And I'm going to beat it down, people throw until they change. Every ministry. Every ministry. I'm putting them on notice. You're going to change or they're going to come over here. Because <laughs> they want to grow. And, I'm, you know, y'all... Not that, okay, all right, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Othama, that's my father, so yeah, no. But everybody else, <laughs> you don't notice. <laughs> because this is what needs to be done. This is eternal life. Jesus said it. He's praying to the Father. He said, this is eternal life, that they know you and they know that you sent me. That they know that you know you as a father and know that you sent me to bring them into the family. That's eternal life. In eternal life is abundant life. That's another teacher. Imagine this. You're comfortable in your own skin. You should be comfortable with who the father created you to be. I won't be like nobody. I don't want to be like nobody else. My father told me to be the first McKinley Hardy. I'm cool with that. But I wasn't always cool with that. And that was part of my issue. Because I thought the religious traditional way is the way I would start a church. I thought I would come up under a pastor. He would be bishop. And I would walk right out. And I would just say everything bishop said. Because that was a traditional way of doing things. And, when, and every time I tried to go do that, watch this. Every time I went to a ministry and I got licensed or ordained, God said, leave. Now, in the sight of church, it looked like I'm wrong. Until you start hearing what we're teaching, then you see. Every church, every single church I went to, I got ordained. I was always seen as a commodity. In every church I went to. Soon as it happened, it was like a month later, I was gone. And I thought something was wrong with me. We're doing it different. Imagine this. Being relationally competent. Well, you can stop destroying relationships because of differences. I don't care if you're a Muslim. I love you. I, you want to do Muslim? That's fine. Truth be told, Muslim comes from the Abraham lineage. It's Ishmael. <laughs> you be up, go ahead. You just ain't a son. I mean, you get paradise. I don't know what happens on that side. Don't care. Imagine this. Oh, no, let me say this. A part of being relationally competent is this. One, stop destroying relationships that you're different. But the other is stop signing up for rejection. 
Stop signing up for rejection. I don't care if it's your kids. We enter into these relationships and we know people don't want them. We just try our best to be in relationships. I try to fit in with people so much, it make no sense. Just signing up for rejection. Imagine this, being financially, financially literate and responsible. This is where we're going. Like I told you, this is a university. We got business classes on the way, communications classes, finances, all of that. You're going to get everything you need here. Investments. And this is the last thing I want to say. Commit to allowing the Father to create you to be the mature child that he has predestined you to do. To be. Say it again. Commit to allowing the Father to create you Commit to allowing the Father to create you to be the mature child that he has predestined you to be. That's your only goal in life. Be who he predestined you to be. Amen? All right. Um, let me ask a question. Is everybody in here born again? Does everybody in here pray in tongues? If you do not pray in tongues, raise your hand. Okay, got you guys. 